I tell you what, guys. Tell me. Tell me a podcast that is just more consistently amazing. Oh, Oh, uh, and consistent, (laughs) persistent, and existent. Resistant. (laughs) To... All strains. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Cody Fitness Podcast. Here we are again. Here here I go. Um, (laughs) Man, it's a... It actually hasn't been, it hasn't, it's been longer than it normally is mm-hmm. when we record. Only by a few days. But, but it feels long enough that really I'm like, does. man, I'd, I haven't seen Hunter in a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get it. You know where to find me, Chase. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. lost the way. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did hear there was a Gluckstat one, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, a little bit closer. Now, spe- now you can throw up in a different zip code. Yeah. I'll get Ben <laughs> to send you a map. Hey, Athena's closed though, so I won't be throwing <laughs> oh, up the same stuff. Oh, no. uh, oh, speaking of throwing up. Um, working out. Yeah, and um, how to not do that? Yep. It, yeah. By the core uh, traits of a physical lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What we're going to talk about today is like the least sexy version 100%. of hundred percent what it takes to be to be fit. Right. Nobody wants to talk about this, but actually, in the end, it's the easiest thing to make sure that you the metric that you can check off. It's actually the easiest, really, the least complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you stack it up against life, it gets it gets really complicated. And I'm excited about this conversation today because I'm seven-ish, I think maybe almost eight years into this, and I have finally defeated this topic, but it took a Herculean effort. What is, so, what's the topic? Uh, oh, sorry, consistency. Oh. <laughs> yeah, which is why we have Hunter here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Not only does he read things consistently, he actually works out consistently. Here's a fun question. Hunter, when's the last time that you didn't work out at least four times in a week? Um, probably when I had COVID. Sure. Or, oh, that's a oh, man. classic. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the uh, throwing the COVID card. <laughs> <laughs> July. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. That wasn't as spicy as I thought it was going to be. Well, he picked one week. You were, you were meaning like over a, a lengthy period of time. Sure. Yeah, that's what you meant. I didn't think that question through enough to... To ask yeah. it that I was, I'll say this, though. Let's put this on, on mic with, with Hunter. A right. lot of times there's there are competing priorities. Everybody just assumes that guys uh, like Caleb and Chris and all these all these folks, uh, Sydney, that's like, oh, well, you work at a gym, so it's no big deal for you. It's hard for the rest of us. But these guys are living life as well. So there are times I know, Hunter, you've referenced before uh, with the business expansion and just different things. You have competing priorities. It's just as hard for you to work out as it is for the rest of us, even though for a while it was just a walk downstairs. Yeah. There's a lot of work going on. So I think people reduce a, a trainer or a coach's voice way too quickly when it comes to this topic. But what we're going to get down to today is trying to help people understand what consistency will do for you and also how to achieve it. I mean, yeah. you know, everyone could say, yeah, be consistent. Well, how do we do that? That's the big question today. Yeah, so mm. this is uh, the the uh, part um, – Part four of our uh, of our series um, that we were talking about, kind of just like the basics of uh, of health and fitness. And then part one was training, two was diet, three was recovery, and then four would be consistency, and then also habits um, mixed in there. So um, we'll kind of talk about that today and, and break it down um, as far as doing the same thing over and over and over again consistently, day in day out, is what's going to get you. Uh, it's where you want to be, and and yeah, like you said, um, whenever I opened up uh, Coyote at first, I thought, 
it would be really easy to work out because you're at the gym. And then it turned out it was harder for me to work out um, than it was uh, at my old job because there was always, you know, there'd be somebody coming in that wants to talk about the gym or uh, somebody that needs help with something or you got to order something or whatever the case may be, always interrupting your workout. And it's always having to make that decision of um, do you want to work on the business or do you want to work on yourself? And so, anyways, consistency is, to me, what I've seen over the years, the most important thing for uh, the people who make the most progress in the gym. Um, And that's why we're always trying to find ways to help people be more consistent in the gym and develop, you know, the habit of coming to the gym. And we do that through a lot of ways. We do it through um, trying to get people to post on their scores on SugarWide and making that a habit. Uh, We do, we're in the middle of the 50 workout challenge to finish out the year. Um, and, you know, giving people incentive to come 50 workouts over a three-month period, which would average out to about four a week, um, to try to help them develop that habit, even though it's during, you know, the holiday season when, when things are getting crazy. That way, hopefully, they could start January out with the habit of already coming at least four days a week um, and make it a lot easier as opposed to trying to pick back up at the, at the, at the start of the year. Um, it also goes with diet. And that's what we're trying to do with our Beachbody Challenge is helping people develop healthy eating habits of tracking their food, eating um, quality food, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, and and working out um, or moving every single day. Um, And so everything we do is about trying to help people develop the habits that are going to um, make them, you know, healthy and and fit um, for the rest of their life. Because um, when we're talking about workouts, a lot of times – sexy thing to do is say look how hard this workout is or look how hard I push myself on this workout but it's not really about what you do on one given day it's what you do in you know stacking day upon day upon day up over a long period of time that's really going to matter because um, one day in the grand scheme of things doesn't really matter at all yeah I, I love the way that we talk about this in our ecosystem here it's about putting pressure in the right places and releasing pressure in the wrong places and for some reason, we all have this instinct of I'm going to win the day, you know, and uh, I think there are a couple of different things that we use to kickstart habits that people make the focus. But understanding, hey, this beach body challenge, this sugar wad, and, and we've even had to do some correction over time. It's not about just this one thing. I mean, truly inside of Coyote Fitness, it really is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And the modality of exercise we're involved with with CrossFit can sometimes deceive you a little bit. Like, well, how fast can I actually do this? Well, sometimes it's not about that. I mean, I know specifically you get involved with these hero wads and you're thinking, hey, based on my overall training, what my goals are, and we've discussed this a lot, is it most important that I PR uh, on Murph or is it most important that I do Murph consistently based on my overall training so that I'm here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, yeah. you know, we have to make sure that we're keeping our eye on the ball in the, in the correct ways, because if you apply too much pressure to yourself in the wrong way, it's going to short circuit that consistency mm-hmm. that, you're, that you're talking about. So we always have to gauge our motivations. What is our real motivation? If you're saying, and I believe it's true, the, the thing that gives you the most progress in the gym is consistency across everything, across yep. your diet, across showing up. Well, if anything that you're doing is fighting that consistency, even if it helps you PR or win the day on Sugar Wad, you actually are hurting your overall goals. That's a little bit hard uh, shift, mental shift to go through. I think a lot of people will look at a hero workout or whatever, and this is a, this is something that's very common uh, for 
you know, people starting out in CrossFit and they think, you know, the longer grueling workout is I'm going to burn more calories and I'm going to get more out of it. So the more of those I do, the better off I'm going to be. Or, wow, this workout was 60 minutes long. It was such a tough workout. It was such a great workout, you know, great programming. You know, people say that crap all the time. So, well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's look at the effect, you know, let's look at the effect of doing something like that. Um, Murph, the day after Murph, when we do Murph, is maybe our least attended clot day of the year. Mm. And it's a Tuesday, typically. Um, like, we track, we track our attendance. I track our attendance week, week, week to week and day to day. Uh, I've been doing that for years. And the day after Murph is always one of the, the least attended days of the year. And that's a Tuesday. So if our goal is to uh, get people coming consistently four to five times days a week, having a workout where most people aren't going to show up the day after is really doing them a disservice because we're setting them up to fail. Now, Murph is something special. It's something that's really important for a lot of people to do, um, to remember, you know, all the sacrifices people have made on Memorial Day and all that type of stuff. So it is something that we will do every year. But we go into it knowing that um, the rest of the week is probably, if, you know, a lot of people are not going to show up as often as they normally do, number one. Number two, their intensity is going to be way less in workouts than it would normally. Um, so it's kind of like a double whammy there. Um, but that's one week a year that, that we're willing to do that. And now we're not going to be doing hero workouts every single week. I've seen gyms that do hero workouts uh, on a certain day every single week. And to me, that's just absolutely ludicrous because you're, you're the most important thing for people to be healthy and fit is consistency. And if you're always having them um, put in the tank and, um, beating them into the ground to where they can't recover. Number one, they're probably not going to show up the next day. Number two, they're going to be a lot more likely to get hurt. Their other workouts are going to suffer. Um, so when it, when it comes to what you're actually doing in the gym, a lot of times leaving a little bit left in the tank for the next day is, is the most important thing um, you can do at the gym because that allows you to come the next day and be able to, to give a good effort as opposed to emptying the tank every single time you come into the gym and then you know, you're out of gas and then you're having to take a week off or you hurt yourself or you get burned out or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I love thinking about it that way because it's so counterintuitive. And, and really this way of life is counterintuitive, unfortunately, in our culture right now. Thinking about the long game and fitness over time and delaying when you can't lay down on the ground and get back up again. I mean, that's when, you, when you're doing a burpee, this is really what you're practicing. I want to be able to get up when I fall down when I'm elderly uh, we don't think about it that way, but so let's talk about when it gets down to actually being at the box. This is where I see uh, most people fail and where I have failed uh, over time the most. And that's making the decision between um, the 35 pound kettlebell, the 53 pound, 95 pound thruster, 115 pound thruster. I mean, a lot of times it comes down to something because of the way that you guys program, it comes down to something that small and making a decision like that. Um, and a lot of times it's your pride that gets in the way, right, or the person that's working out next to you. But if you make a wrong decision there, you would say that that could dramatically affect your consistency and the benefit you're getting the rest of the week around that workout. It could. Um, I wouldn't say it would like it's, it's like the worst possible thing you could do to go heavier than you should have. Um, but if it's something that you're consistently doing and reaching and letting your ego choose your weight for you as opposed to reading the notes and, you know, picking your weight according to that, yeah, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Um, every, you know, but every now and then it's okay. And 
those are like our benchmark days when we redo workouts to kind of test and see where we're at. That's where we tell people this is a ch- time to push yourself a little bit more than you normally would, maybe go a little bit heavier than normal, kind of test yourself and see where you're at as opposed to a regular training day. The goal of the day is to get a great workout but still have some left in the tank for tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, that, that can be detrimental. And, you know, there's definitely um, – it's definitely a lot more with males than with females. The males tend to want to try to go a little bit heavier than they should, and the females tend to want to try to go a little bit lighter than they should. And so it's kind of working with, with each individual person and figuring out where they're at and where their head's at and helping them find a spot. But um, we really try to do a good job of helping people pick um, and giving them permission to pick the lighter weight because um, ultimately we want to reward uh, consistency over time as opposed to um, finishing, you know, the top of the leaderboard every, you know, on a, on a given day. That's not what we really want to celebrate. I mean, that's great if you do a workout really fast. That's awesome. Uh, and, you know, props to you for being super fit. But what we really want to reward is people who come 250 times a year because then that's that's really hard. You have, I mean, you know, you're you're, mm. you're in the midst of it right now. Yeah. I'm in the midst of it right now. I was just calculating how many more workouts I have to do um, to get that during this year and. It ends up being a lot harder than you think going into the year. You're like, oh, I just got to work out five days a week for 50 weeks, and I'll get it. Well, in, you know, life happens. Stuff comes up, and some weeks you, you, you miss or you get sick or whatever, and then it's just a lot harder to get it done. And so that's why we're always trying to find ways to celebrate people's consistency over time um, in the gym with their diet, uh, with, you know, their positive attitude that they show up with um, because that is what's going to, you know, make the most – progress for somebody as opposed to trying to celebrate who just got you know the the the, P, the biggest PR today who squatted the most or who's deadlifted the most like that's awesome we'll celebrate that for you but that's not what we're here for we're not here for helping get people get the the fastest time on a Tuesday afternoon workout or on the Wednesday partner workout we're here trying to get people in the best shape of their life um and a lot of times um if people are just trying to get the fastest time they end up cutting corners and reps not giving full extension even cutting reps you know a lot of people do that I mean not a lot but some people do that as well and then you know what they're ultimately doing is just hurting themselves because they're they're shorting they're they're denying themselves the progress they could have made if they would have done cleaner full range of motion engaged more muscles or done the all the reps on the workout to get the intended stimulus and when it instead of you know when it started to hurt moving on to the next thing you know there's a lot of stuff like that um if you're just showing up every day trying to be top of the leaderboard day in and day out, ultimately you're going to set yourself up to either burnout or, you know, failure or injury or whatever, um, and you're not going to get as much out of it as opposed to if you take it day by day and then some days if you feel good, yeah, yeah, maybe you go a little bit heavier and you push push yourself a little bit harder because you feel good and you slept good and you ate good and um, you've been working out consistently. And some days you got three hours of sleep that night before because your kids kept you up and – um, you got a lot of stress at work, um, and you're just coming in to blow off some steam and get a workout in, and you just want to move, and you're going to do a really light weight, and that's completely fine too. But the most important thing is that you're showing up on those days as opposed to not showing up because you don't feel like you're going to get a good score. Yeah, God, so true. It's just been so beneficial for me in the, on those particular days, like you referenced being in that 250 challenge, and I – Basically, the year has worked out like a workout works out for me. I mean, I came out hot. I was six days a week. I was trying to track down Tim Bell. Then I went through a period of the year where I was like, man, this is killing me. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can't, I can't take my foot off the gas. 
because I'm worried about COVID or whatever. I mean, right. it turns into a mind game. But I'll tell you the thing that's been most beneficial for me is going on those days. Chris Allen taught me this years ago. Uh, stress is stress, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's stress at work, it's just like your body interprets it the same as the stress in a workout. Well, our coaches know when I'm having a day, and this is to celebrate the coaching staff at Coyote for a moment because I have the microphone, uh, but they recognize when an athlete is off, like something's off with this person because if you're in there consistently, they're, they're studying you every Metcon, and they'll come up, and a lot of times this is actually what I'm avoiding at the gym, that coach checking in with me. Mm-hmm. It's not about I'm, I'm worried that I'm not going to be in the top 10. I don't worry about that any day. Uh, but I do worry about a coach walking over saying, hey, everything okay? Mm-hmm. Then i got to open up like, well, yeah, work is this or my family's that. And I've got to verbally process <laughs> the type yeah. of week that I'm having. That's a little more daunting to me than, than finishing slower in a workout. Uh, but that's the benefit to being able to assess actually where you are. It's those kind of questions that will keep you in that consistency game because you'll have to say to a coach, yeah, things, things are a little bit off. You know, yeah. I had too much to drink last night and slept two and a half hours because I was at the Grove or, or right. something like that. Uh, it isn't to be judgmental. It's just to check in and make sure the athlete is, is doing exactly what you guys do. So you guys are constantly coaching for consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's lots of ways that you do that. You mentioned a few of them. I'd just love to inform our listeners, hey, when we do this, this is for consistency. You mentioned the notes in the workout and yeah. sugar water. I bet most people aren't, aren't accessing those because they don't really know what they're for. Yeah, so the notes are just a way for you to help figure out how much weight you should be doing for the workout or what variation of the workout you should do, what skill you should pick. And it's typically something along the lines of, this should be a moderate weight. You should feel like you could do, you know, this set in two max three sets at the most. If it's something where you're going to be looking at the bar, you know, a lot, dropping it because it's too heavy and picking back up, that's that's not what we're really going for. You know, there are there are some days where we do want you doing that, but today is not one of those days. And so just reading the athlete notes beforehand so you can kind of get an idea where you're at. Um, and the biggest thing is stop obsessing so much about the sugar wide uh, leaderboard and you know sugar wad is such a great tool but it's also a curse because people get so caught up in who who did this who did that uh their reps didn't look super clean uh, they're ahead of me in the leaderboard you know you know there's a million different things they're ahead and, of me but they yeah, shouldn't be yeah exactly <laughs> and um in the at the end of the day the sugar wad is for each person individually it's not for anybody else but yourself and you know like i said if somebody gets a top t- score of the day that's great but that's not super impressive to me what's impressive to me is if you go in somebody's um a profile and click their logging history and you see a straight bar bar every single day six 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 or five 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 every single day for weeks and weeks and weeks because i know how hard it is to be consistent at the gym every single day number one number two to log your results every single day because Mm -hmm. There's some days where people just don't have it and they don't put up a score they feel like they should have, and the easy thing is just to not log that day because mm-hmm. they don't want to put themselves out there, but it's a lot harder just to log it and put it in there. And then um, so to me, I'm way more impressed with the people who just come in every single day and put their score on the board. You know, it's really funny about that is I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I look at the leaderboard every single day and I kind of have a good idea of, of where people are sitting and what they're doing and what they're capable of and you know, if I see something that is a little fishy, I I could pretty spy that and spy that pretty quickly. But um, 
I'll notice the people who are coming consistently over a long period of time, all of a sudden they're starting to be at the top of the leaderboard a lot more consistently. Um, and I'm not doing that to say, wow, that's great for them. They're, they're starting to beat more people. That's just kind of like a, an effect of, of the time and effort they put in there. I can tell they're getting fitter. They're, um, you know, getting more comfortable, um, with the workouts and what that's going to do is that's going to make them healthier. It's going to help them. They're going to be, I know for a fact, I don't even have to look at it, but if we go do their body in body scan, I know their body fat percent would be down. Um, I know their if they went and got blood work, their blood work would be better. Um, pretty much I, if we talk to them, I bet they would feel a lot better. They're saying my clothes are fitting better. Maybe I've, I've dropped 20 pounds or whatever. Like you could see all that just by looking and seeing how consistent they've been. And so that's something that's really impressive to me is the people who just show up every single day and, you know, do the workout and log their results and don't overreach themselves. That's the most impressive thing to me. And that at the end of the day is what's going to get people the most results over a long period of time because gosh, at the end of the day, like who cares what place you were on the sugar wild board yesterday, let alone two months ago, three, three months ago, four months ago, like two years if we look back two years from now, it's going to be way more important that that bar graph says five 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 six 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 over this period of time as opposed to where you ranked on the daily leaderboard January 21st, 2019. Like, that doesn't matter at all. Um, so realizing what matters over time is that consistency. Um, I do kind of want <clears> – I did want to get into, you know, how to make all this stuff a habit um, because to me – um, you know, we are the sum of, sum of our habits, um, and being, um, aware of what habits we have in our life can really help us to, um, uncover the good, the bad habits that we have and, and try to turn them into good habits. And, you know, we've talked about atomic habits by James clear, mm-hmm. you know, I highly recommend that book to everybody. Um, it's such a great book, uh, to help you to determine that type of stuff. But, Number one, um, developing a habit can take up to 30 days, typically like 28 days or so. And so doing something for a month is is kind of how you can determine, I'm going to start developing this into a habit. Habits are so, so important because once something is a habit, it's harder to not do it than it is to do it. And that is good habit and bad habit. We all, we've all been in that place where we start buying, you know, a bag of chips at the grocery store you know, a couple times in a row because it's sitting there by the checkout. And then all I of a sudden, just got personal. By yeah, the way. Well, and then all of a sudden, you're you start you realize you start going to the checkout, and you're like, you're like, it's hard not to grab that bag because you've done, you've you've created that habit. You've done it every single time you go to the grocery store. Um, same thing, like every time you walk by the pantry, and you it, you it, you make it a habit of of you know getting something out of a snack or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, but that also is the same for good habits. One, once people develop that habit of coming to the gym four or five days a week, it's harder for them not to go to the gym than it is to go to the gym. And you start talking to people who have been members of Coyote for years upon years, and they'll work out when they go on vacation. You know, everybody's <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? They're like, I'd feel worse if I don't work out. Like, that's just part of my life. I enjoy I enjoy it. It makes me feel better, and, and it's just a habit, and I don't want to lose that. And I also know if I don't work out for a week and I come back, it's going to be terrible. So I'll at least want to do something. You know, my wife and I went on a on a vacation about a month ago, and we were I think we worked out four times. It's not like we did anything crazy. We went to the gym for like 10, 15 minutes max and just went in there and did something. But 
it was kind of keeping that habit of moving and because otherwise I would have felt bad all the rest of the day, just not having to get it done. So developing a habit, um, is so, so important because once it's a habit, it's harder to not do it than it is to do it. And that goes for good habits and bad habits. So number one is being aware of what habits you have, good habits and bad habits, just kind of being aware of what am I doing every single day? Am I at work every single day and walk by the secretary's desk and grabbing a piece of candy at two o'clock in the afternoon? Um, I didn't even realize I was doing that, but I've been doing it for years and years and years. Think about if you, if you do that for two years and you have one piece of candy every afternoon, how, what that's going to do to your body composition. I mean, it can, that could have a drastic impact and vice versa. If you can develop a habit of coming to the gym four days a week, um, and do that for two, three years, how much different is your body going to look? How much better are you going to feel? You'll, you'll literally be a completely different person. And we see it over and over. So, so how do we do, we, you know, how do we develop those habits? Number one, we, we try to give everybody as many tools as we can. And that is, encouraging people to come to the gym at least four days a week. We always talk about that fourth day being the tipping point. Um, coming to the gym at least four days a week and posting their wild, their scores on SugarWad. You know, if you dig into what a habit is, it's kind of like a – you get a, um, a – what's the word? Um, a stimulus, stimulus to get you to do your habit, then you do your habit, and then you get your reward. Mm-hmm. And for us, the reward can be <clears> – <throat> just as simple as posting your score on SugarWag, being being able to go in there and post your score, that's kind of like the reward that people get. Or it can be, you know, having a kill cliff or an ascent water or a protein shake after your workout. That's kind of your reward um, for, as well. Um, so we want people coming consistently, and, and we try to get people to do that. We do that through um, encouraging them through the on-ramp and tell them how important consistency is and getting them set up in SugarWag, trying to make it easy for them to come. And then we also do it through the challenges like, the 50 workout challenge, which we started last year. And it, I mean, you wouldn't believe how incredible, incredibly successful that's been for our tenants. <laughs> oh, like yeah. the last three months of the year, all of a sudden went from being the slowest time of the year to our busiest time of the year. Like every year, the first week of the 50 workout challenge, our attendance is up like 30% higher than the week before. And this is in October, mm-hmm. you know, typically a really busy time of year. And that pretty usually stays pretty high throughout the year. So number one is, getting in the habit of coming to the gym at least four days a week, up to six. We were talking about that before. You know, some people come six days every single week because they just feel better. And if you really look at it, you come to six classes a week, that's only six hours of your entire week that you're devoting to uh, to working out. So, and then, so that's the, the, uh, the working out. And then the diet, just as important, if not more important. And that habit is tracking your food. And we do that through, I encourage people to do that, Sugar, uh, my, uh, my Fitness Pal. Other people could, could use other apps as, as well, but um, finding something that we get in the habit of tracking what you eat consistently over a long period of time um, and making sure you're hitting your body weight of protein. <coughs> and then you could also track your water intake there. We always try to get people to get um, at least 100 ounces of water a day and then tracking your sleep making sure you're getting at least eight hours of sleep every night. And if you do those things consistently and make each one of those a habit, if you do that for a year, I promise you, you'll be a completely different person. There's no doubt because we've seen it too many times over and over and over again with people. Yeah. And I think just a final word of encouragement here, all those things, all those facts really define what this podcast has been about since we started. 
Um, but the way to succeed here is not to try to go from two days a week to six days a week this week. Uh, if you think about consistency, it's a long-range approach. So just <laughs> dial back a little bit and realize that when you're talking about consistency, you're not talking about six days. You're talking about six weeks and then six months. So figuring out those uh, incremental increases that will allow you to stay in the game a little bit longer. If right now you're at uh, one bottle of water per day, then add that second bottle. If you're at three days a week, then go for that fourth and hit that tipping point and make sure one of those is the partner is Wednesday or Saturday, you know, so it's a little bit easier to get yep. in, get in that groove. Cause you know, you're meeting somebody there. Uh, it's really about trying to figure out how to book in those habits and eventually get to where you would like to go. So what we're saying today is it's okay to slow down a bit and to take your cues from the coaching staff so mm-hmm. that you can over time you will look back and realize, wow, all I had to do is pay, an atten- pay attention to what these folks were telling me, and I've suddenly become consistent. So that's what we're here for. That's what we're about. That's a great uh, point, and you know, we're at the end of the year now, and a lot of people are thinking about goals for next year. And <clears throat> Instead of trying to do 12 things at once, why not do try to add one new thing a month for 12 months? And um, you're going to be a lot more likely to do that. So you could start January by – trying to come to the gym four days a week and make that a habit. And we talked about it. it usually takes about 28 days. <clears throat> so maybe by the end of January, you've developed the habit of just coming to the gym four days a week. Then you can start uh, February, maybe start to track your food and make that a habit of tracking your food every single day. Um, and then after, after Jan- at the end of February, hopefully you've got the habit of coming to the gym four days a week and tracking your food. And then the next March, you can add the habit of getting 100 ounces of water every day. And then the same thing. And then April, maybe it's get get eight hours of sleep every single night. And then, you know, you can add on to that and, and keep going from there and figure out what other habits you want to add. But if you try to add one at a time as opposed to doing 12 at once, you're going to be a lot more likely to stick with it and think about it at the end of the year. If you've picked up 12 good habits, um, what, what a difference in your life that's going to make. Hey, here's something else we do habitually. Yeah. Outside the box! Wow. Surprise edition. Surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever Chase has planned for today, we are totally unaware of it. Yeah, I may say it, and then you guys say like, "Hey, can you like hit the space bar real quick so we can think about it?" <laughs> no way, no way. It's a it's a fun one. Okay, uh, it may be a short one, but uh, I think it's fun. It'll tell me a lot about your past. Oh boy, this is like the the Fran version. Top of three trauma the box. traumatic events in your childhood. <laughs> no, uh, top, all right, top regrets of your whole life. <laughs> Uh, all right, here it is. Top three most n- nostalgia-inducing places that you can eat nowadays. Ooh. Oh, man. So top three nostalgia-inducing Ooh. restaurants. Ooh, I, got, I got some good ones. Uh, number one, Dairy Queen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number two, Little Debbie Isle at the grocery store. Uh, no, okay, t- restaurants you're saying? Places to places. eat. Places. So, yeah, like right. if it's the McDonald's on 51 in Ridgeland, then that, ah, it's okay. the McDonald's on 51 That counts. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Wow, you want to go first? That's yeah, because I'm I'm old enough to where a lot of these places are closed now. <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah. I think you should still be able to eat there. Yeah, cause, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. So my number three, uh, and this is also going to show like how much how substantially younger I am than the two of you. you yes. Know? Yes. <laughs> uh, my number three is the Mazios in Madison on Fifty One. Ah, it's okay. uh, I think a, a recurring event. With these things we may be saying is that they're not the same places they used to be. Because mm-hmm. uh, I had <clears throat> my wife with our first kid got a pregnancy craving 
uh, and it was buffet pizza, specifically Alfredo sauce pizza from a buffet. Come on. And literally the only spot is Mazia's <laughs> in Madison. And I walked into that place. One, I was a little sad. Two, I was like, holy crap. It's been like literally 10 years mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. I walked in here. Well, the question is, have you changed or has it changed? That's, my, did my standards get higher, maybe? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't right. know. Your pie in Gluckstadt has really changed my pizza game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like something about seeing all those pizzas. They had the, the dessert pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work at the Rival across the, uh, across the town pizza inn. Long story there. Long story. Mazio's was definitely always better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like a lot of uh, post-summer workouts at football, stuff like that. The classic stuff for why things are nostalgic. Mm, okay. Mazio's. So we're going to go the rounds here. Unless you guys need more time to think. No, no, okay. I've got my three. My number three would be the Popeyes on I-55 headed, uh, from, uh, headed south into Jackson. So... Uh, you get like to the Kroger there. And yeah. It's over on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, skip Captain D's. That would not be a good nostalgia. I've never once thought about going to a <laughs> right. Captain D's. Uh, but we used to just every like maybe three or four times a year. Uh, my dad would take my brother and I to get breakfast at Popeyes, mm-hmm. which I think they've completely taken off off the table now. They have. They still uh, they kept the amazing biscuits, but you can't get them past. Yeah, thirty or eleven. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. They had a great. Uh, it was called the Eye Popper. It was awesome. It's like. <laughs> All of your calorie consumption for three days in one biscuit. Uh, I'd still probably do it though. So it sounds good. Yeah, there's a little bit of, of family stuff there, but every time I pass by that place, I'm like, man, I remember having breakfast there as a kid. So that, that'd be my number three. Yeah, nice, mm. good pick. Yeah. Uh, so n- none of my three are still open in their current places that I used to go to. <coughs> so kind of a bummer. But yeah, uh, you're I, old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my number three, uh, there used to be this restaurant, uh, in Jackson called Swenson's. Oh, that was my number yeah. two. Dang it. <laughs> oh, and, grilled uh, cheese with bacon and a chocolate shake with extra chocolate shake. Come on. We used Come to go on. in there and, uh, they had really good food and then also ice cream. And then, uh, I can remember, uh, specifically that you could get like a, it was either a, like a hurricane or an earthquake or something. You get like. Hurricane's a different drink, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get like fifteen scoops of ice cream in this huge bowl, and I remember like that. me and my friends would all get like fifteen different flavors of ice cream. <laughs> You're gonna lose money on us. Sit down and eat on it. Uh, but man, that, uh, Swinton's like there's nothing more exciting than going to uh, to that place and uh, with your buddies and getting some ice cream in the uh, in the middle of the afternoon on a summer day. So it has such a cool feel to it. Also, yeah. So- Real old timey, yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. old timey, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't was... get to relish in it much because we were we were a Gluckstadt family by then, mm. and back you didn't venture out as much as you do yeah. nowadays. But little known fact: the original Coyote location uh-huh. was in a, a, was in a Swinson. in a Swinson, yeah, the different one than I went to. But yeah, uh, real real funny story that just occurred to me. I went with uh, like my youth group when I was like seventh grade or something, sixth grade. You know, before any of us could drive or had any money. And this one of one of the kids in my class was paying, and <laughs> she gave him a quarterback for her change, and he slid it back to her, and he said, "You can keep that." <laughs> and she looked at him, and she goes, "Thanks." Thanks. <laughs> I'll tell you what, keep the change. <laughs> oh, so you, you took That's my awesome. two. Swenson's was definitely my two, man. If I could, if I could reopen that place today, I would do it, man. Gosh, what an awesome restaurant. Okay, well, we'll move quick. So my number two is it's a. It's not the deepest cut I could go, but it's it's still open, so I'm going to keep it on my list. It's the Pins 
in Canton, Mississippi. Mm. That's uh, it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's on the forty three side of Canton. You know, over by the Country Club and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, it's over. It's over there. It is the most disgusting looking building you will ever see. Is it the original? I don't I, no I don't no no. So that's that. It's sorry. The pins the the pins to go uh, uh, okay, over okay. by the Baptist Church that's across from where Goodwill used to be. Mm-hmm. That whole area, not the buffet pins. Also, yes, that could probably that would be like three A or three B. <laughs> okay, uh, I didn't get to go there as much because we didn't have the money to be shelling out uh, buffet, buffet charges. Prices. Yeah, come on. But we did have the money to get the to go chicken and catfish dinner plate from uh, Pins to Go in Canton uh, often. Like I would, I would go spend a night at my grandparents specifically because I knew that that uh, night for dinner we'd be getting Pins. Man, <laughs> calculated it, all the time. Uh, grime everywhere, a mm-hmm. weird teal hospital green mm-hmm. on the outside. It's just a lot of not good. It looks like it was like a to-go psychiatric ward, <laughs> and then they converted it to a catfish house. Not a great vibe, <laughs> but man, was it good. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how these uh, all of these food memories are really interconnected with family or with friends That's, yeah there's probably there's an episode in there somewhere somewhere yeah, yeah. our so, therapy episode yeah so we're to uh, hunter's actually, number two yeah hunter's number two so my number two and i thought about this because <clears throat> my family has a tradition on thanksgiving night where we uh make uh frozen pizzas um after, you know so we have thanksgiving like at one or two and lunch and then uh that night we just have a frozen pizza um good call yeah it's kind of fun so i was at uh Kroger looking at, at the frozen pizzas and they had a uh, Chuck E. Cheese frozen pizza. I and, almost put. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wanted to get, I ended up not getting it, but I'm definitely going to get it in the near future. But Chuck E. Cheese is my number two. Um, I have multiple birthdays there and uh, <laughs> I saw somebody say it's a uh, it's a, a, a rat uh, a casino for kids. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but uh I just I can remember the the singing uh, the giant singing statues, which now that you think about, is it, kind of creepy. creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the uh, always got a pepperoni pizza, and uh, then you go off and play the games and play the uh, video games and try to get as many ticks as you can. So, uh, the pizza from uh, Chuck E. Cheese would definitely be number two, number two for me. All right, we're ready. My number one, still to this day, is a fantastic place to go. Okay, okay, and I stand by it. The other two. Falling off the wagon a little bit. Rest in peace. This one, I now live three minutes away from, and it's fantastic. I can't do it often because it tortures my intestines. But it's the OEC on 51 in Madison. Sodium Central. Oh, my heavens, is it good. It's not good, but but dang it, is it good. Uh, I've changed my ways a little bit, but back in, like, middle school, Chase, like, Pink sauce soup with rice pellets in the middle, and that's that's what we were eating with uh, the steak and chicken mix, crushing it Just all in one measure. sitting. Yeah, yeah, there was no such thing as leftovers back then. Nowadays, like I can barely finish a quarter because it's just <laughs> rice swelling in your stomach now. Um, but and it's like it's one of those things that it still tastes the same, which probably means it was never good. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's just kind of it's just. Uh, an experience going in there, you know? It looks like a like a uh, 
the diner section of an Exxon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Got detached and put in Madison. Uh, it's just great. It's just really, really nice. Meet you there. They got lunch today. <laughs> a teriyaki sauce that's like as thick as super glue. It's all really, really nice. Yeah. So all all of the versions of that cuisine you have, you're like, eh, it's not OEC, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've kind of looking at you, up, but I wish I hadn't. Yeah, <laughs> looking at you, uh, All right, I had a, uh, I almost pulled a hunter here, mm. um, and that you had six more. Yeah, on exactly. The, on the list. We, we just don't have time. But I will give honorable mention to the original Amerigo. Uh, David Kahn is a friend of mine, has become a friend over the years. Where's the original Amerigo? Uh, back behind uh, North Park. That's your, There's one now off of Lakeland. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yes, yeah, there's okay. one off, off I Lakeland. didn't know there was two. The one that's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Old Canton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Old Canton. Was, it's, I don't know, just a lot of memories associated with that is place. Is it that old? Highly personal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That, oh, that man. goes way back. That I restaurant goes way back. But here, here's my number one. That was honorable mention. Oh, oh. My number one is actually a place called Wendell Meat Market. All right? Mm-hmm. Little known fact about Northeast Jackson, Ben. I spent a lot of time growing up in Terry, which was a beautiful time in my life. And Wendell Meat Market is in Terry, and it is, like, way off the beaten path. Yeah. And you drive up, and you're like, man, something smells good. But you look at a building that it feels like it should probably be condemned. And uh, you're like, there's no way they're serving food in there. And uh, But you walk in. Ghost hunters. Yeah, exactly. You walk in, and it's like every scene in one of these kind of restaurants that's in like a Mississippi movie, mm-hmm. it's exactly what that is. Like yeah. the red Coke cups yep. and the tables that are kind of like chipping and stuff. And mm-hmm. there's an old woman at the checkout or used to be. It's like they got all the stuff second hand from a cafeteria. Exactly. Like, well, I don't know. The other thing didn't work out. Let's start cooking chicken, you know. <laughs> and it is some of the best barbecue that you could possibly imagine. Oh, and, man, that uh, sounds amazing. Yeah, it is really, really good. And the last I checked, they're still going and certain nights like it just gets more and more cliche but certain nights it's like steak night you know yeah, they'll yeah. cook steaks and then everybody all the good over- steak yeah all the overweight mississippians like come out of the woodwork to sit down at this one place and have mm-hmm. a meal and uh so yeah i i think that would be my my number one also because i just don't frequent there anymore it would be cool to mm-hmm. sit down and have it again nice so my number one is um pizza hut with the uh the calzone, the, 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 the like <laughs> the uh, the TP looking roof, you know, like the oh yeah, roof. oh yeah, and, oh that uh, served it in the dish, yeah, like the, the actual yeah, dish. it used to come out in the dish or it would be a buffet, and uh, spent a lot of good like you know half day uh, at school for Christmas break, you know, the last days like get out at twelve, and mm-hmm. then we would go to the Pizza Hut afterwards and go eat and eat until your stomach hurt because it was all you can eat and then go play like street fighter two or something like that on the arcade they had back in the back. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, those were the good old those days. Those were the days. Like you're so excited cause you got two weeks off for school. And so you're going to go hit it, hit the pizza hut up and, um, man, <clears throat> it just brings back a lot of, a lot of memories of pizza hut buffet. I freaking forgot Subway on the Canton Square. Oh, look, don't bring Subway in now. Oh, Come man. on. You can't do that. Yeah. Speaking of trash nowadays. <laughs> Did you see the post bread. of the guy who, who had to pull the ruler out for the foot long oh, or the six it's inches? It's like that, 11. Yeah, well, his was like nine inches. Oh, no. <laughs> like not even close. That's always disappointing. Yeah, so the number one's OEC, Window Meat Market, and Pizza Hut. Those seem achievable, and it seems like with three of us, we should do that next Is year. Is Window still open? I think so. 
Yeah. That would be an interesting yeah, It can't drive. be the same people. They were like 90. I don't think Pizza Hut still <laughs> does the buffet thing, though. <sighs> no, I don't think so. I once had so many Pizza Hut pizzas that I got a free basketball celebrating the Final Four. That's how much wow. I was in there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. My That's one of those changed. 90s promotions. <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry. Let's wrap this episode. All right. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got my recommend. I was trying to cut him off. He just seems oh, so smart at the I'm, end of every episode. I'm too, too fast for you. <laughs> He's consistent. Oh, he is consistent. With, oh, be, man. Look, I will predict. It's a habit. It's there's a habit going now. to be a book on this, right? Yeah, here. it is. It is. Oh. So, so uh, this book is called American Nations, A History of the Eleven Rival Regional uh, Cultures of North America uh, by uh, Colin Woodard. So this is actually fascinating. Um, read. Uh, just kind of talks about, you know, something that we all know, different parts of the country or people are completely different, um, but it really kind of breaks down how the different parts of the country were founded and the type of people that founded there. And then the the really talks about, like, the, the beliefs and values that they have and why different parts of the country have completely different values. And it, it comes to from the type of people who settle there. And even though... <clears throat> You know, different people have moved to different regions over the uh, over the years. The uh, those types of values have still kind of held strong and still kind of dominate the region. And so, it kind of breaks the country down into eleven different regions um, and talks about the values and and why they are the way they are. And it was a really fascinating book and something that we kind of all know instinctively. But for him to kind of break it down and <coughs> give his theory as to why things are the way they are. I thought it was a fascinating book, so I would definitely check that out, especially if you're into uh, into U.S. and U.S. history and and kind of the way why we are the way we are. So, good book. Mm. I like it. Mine will be of similar vein. I am reading a book called Adam's Return by a man named Richard Rohr, who is classic. <laughs> yeah, he's he gets a little kooky, kind of at the edge of his thoughts. Mm. Um, I don't agree with everything that he says, but man. Uh, Adam's Return is basically a book on initiation, which you think would be like uber masculine. It is kind of masculine, but he references just a lack of initiation in Western culture specifically. And he uses this phrase that most of us are, are over-mothered and under-fathered. And I've been thinking about that phrase for a couple of weeks. But anyway, just a very thought-provoking thing. If you're one of those people that like you don't want to read a lot, but you want a few pages to like bother you for a while – this is a great read. Like you can read five pages and think about those five pages for a couple of weeks and then go back to the book. I'm one of those kind of readers. Uh, Richard Rohr, R-H-O-R, Adam's Return. You can get it on Audible or order a cheap copy uh, online through Amazon. Well worth your time. Put it on your Christmas list. Yeah, exactly. I don't have one. Consistent. <laughs> Smooth sounds.